programmable split ortholinear uh, mechanical key. Yeah, whatever, nerd. And welcome back to the Refactor Podcast, the show where we try and help ourselves and you suck just a little bit less each and every day. My name is Frank Cole. And my name is Chris Tomkinson. And this is episode 88, recorded on November 18th, 2022. And I really hope to God that this recording is working because I'm so sick of the false starting. Ugh. Everything is conspiring against us today. So we got issues with the recording. Uh, I'm bandwidth impaired today. I'm experiencing bandwidthlessness because I have uh, uh, Comcast has now decided for the third day in a row that, um, you know, there's I think there's a subreddit for this FU specifically. Yeah, it's just yeah, memes huh? of people who are like unfairly targeted by the universe. That's that's me with Comcast. Oh, yes, we have confirmed an outage in your area. At, you know, my address and three other homes or, you know, it's like an absurdly, it's not like a regional thing. It's like, oh yeah, your house specifically. And I had guys, I was in the middle of an interview yesterday and I had guys come out uh, and I saw like three comp and the, uh, all our neighborhoods all underground, but the boxes for our street are on our property. And so I three Comcast trucks or I'm sorry, Xfinity, right? Because you can rebrand and people stop. You know, they don't remember. They don't remember the crap company. Xfinity trucks, three of them roll out and guys with tool bags. And I was like, all right, well, heads up in about 45 seconds. I'm going to lose you. So I'll just call you on my cell. Sure. And I think I was off by about 20 seconds. Sure (laughs) enough, that's exactly what happened. But it's been intermittent for the last. This is three days now. Uh, so I don't know what's going on there. But have you had any? You're I'm not having no. I've had no. No, I've had no problems at all. Are you talking to me right now from your cell phone? Cause I am actually, I'm on, so this is, this is an Apple commercial. I apologize for that right there, but I'm on my, uh, I'm on my MacBook with zoom with my earbuds and then I've got the MacBook tethered to my phone. Okay. So you're not using, okay. So that explains the sound difference for any of our, for our regular yeah, attendees. Yeah, Chris sounds a little my, more tinny. He's not using my regular, good, he's not using his good stuff. Yeah. I don't have my good audio equipment. Okay. You've got, it's good uh, enough. I mean, yeah. life happens where I'm just glad that you've we got air traffic control. Yeah, yeah, air air traffic. <laughs> um, I mean, life happens. This is I, I was actually, um, you know, this is not our normal record time, and I have uh, cleaners upstairs, and I'm sitting here thinking, oh well, I hope they don't vacuum right over top of my <laughs> office. But if they do, it is what it is. I'm I'm not going to go back and you know that's that's just it's just how it goes sometimes, you know. We're, so we're getting it done. Yeah, we're getting it we're done. Getting it so done. anyway, how have you been? How's your life? Going? Uh, finds a way. Yeah. Oh, thanks, uh, Jeff. Mine, mine has been <laughs> exact. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm, I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, it, it's weird to think like that was too many years ago. It was a lot of years ago. Yes. It's a like, lot that was, of what, 90, 96, 94. Uh, 90, it was mid 90s. Yeah. Because I but think the book came out in like 92, 93. Yeah, I, I, it, so it's it so timeless, though. It's, that, that is yeah. one of the few times. <laughs> That I would say that the movie completely held up to the, um, to the book. Now it was different. The story was uh, different. They changed some characters, but like I enjoyed the book and I enjoyed the movie at equal levels. They were they were both mutually mm-hmm. excellent. I did not like, for example, Harry Potter. Not bad adaptation of the books, but 
I feel like they could have been truer to the source in some ways, you know, and there's plenty of examples. Like we could do this all day of, you know, Oh, I mean, if you think the movie was <clears throat> no, great, you need to read a, the book. You need to read the book. Yeah, I actually had a, we had a team meeting the other day, and I don't know how this came up, but uh, the, I, I said, okay, anybody, it, can anybody in the sound of my voice come up with an example where the movie was better than the book? Because, like, universally, that's understood to be the correct person. I have, I have been asking that question for years. I finally found somebody. I can't validate it because I've not read the book. Um, I didn't realize that The Godfather was based on a book. And I had somebody raise their hand and say, yeah, the movies are better than the book. Oh, um, okay. So that's, I, I can't vouch for that, but I am, I am informed by a trustworthy source. The fact uh, that, that the Godfather that I didn't know not as good as the movies. The fact that I didn't know there was a Godfather book, I think is indicative Dude, enough. I, I mean, that's, um, I, I, I was like, I didn't even know there was a book. I thought that was just great. <laughs> film. Like, yeah. And by the way, Jurassic Park, the original, the OG came out in 93. So we are heavily okay. dating ourselves. And I just remember yeah. seeing it in the theater and man, that, that T-Rex scene, it was so freaking loud. It was awesome. <laughs> Shook yeah. the whole and that's damn, what, whole damn place. <laughs> As a film, I got to tell you, I don't know if you've watched it recently. It actually, it holds up. Oh yeah. It does. Oh, it's timeless. It is. It is stupendous. It's, it's my gosh. Yeah. Like that is an excellent that that is one of those movies that will be amazing 50 years from now. Um, yeah. I yeah. really uh, now the nerd in me really gets a kick out of that because that was one of the first times that uh, we had CG. The The prevalence of CG in that movie was really one of the first. That was one of the yeah. first times that it was really really, solid really solid really you heavily utilized um now they still did a lot of classic stuff like the t-rex scene that i'm talking about um every scene where you don't see the t-rex walking was animatronic so they had a giant they had a giant yeah. animatronic unit uh i remember watching behind the scenes they kept having to stop and dry it off because all you know with the pouring rain it would cause all of the pneumatics to freeze yeah. up and so they had to and he would start mm -hmm. shaking I forget what they called the T-Rex. It had a name. Um, so they would have to stop and dry it and restart it and all that kind of stuff. So that was animatronic. But then the chase scene with the Jeep where he bashes through mm -hmm. the uh, the tree branch, that entire thing completely CG. And uh, yeah. yeah. And it holds up. It, it holds up. It holds up. Yeah. Really, I mean, you really look at movie. you look at movies from uh, even early mid 2000s with a bunch of CG and they they don't. But that, yeah. that's not a rule. It's, you know, we always think about uh, we always think about technological progress as up and to the right, consistently better every, you know, better every day than it was the day before. Uh, and it's not true. Historically, we've lived in an era where that is generally the case. And I think we have unrealistic expectations like in our human brain of that. Like you look at world like human history. Right. Technological. Uh, prowess, advancement, progress, uh, state of the art, whatever you want to call it, actually looks a lot more like a stock ticker over the long term, right? There are ups and then there are downs where we lost things along the way um, that we just happen to be in a in an eon where it is mostly up and to the right. Uh, but yeah, Jurassic Park holds the, the story, the acting, even the CG uh, holds up for the most. It's phenomenal. I haven't seen the latest one yet. Uh, I haven't seen the latest two. I've saw the first Jurassic World one, the first Chris Pratt one. It was it was mm -hmm. good. It wasn't bad. 
they did a um, not bad. That, yeah, I would I mean, say yeah, it, not bad. Obvious homage to the original, and I know that in the newer ones, like the the very last one, they actually brought back the entire original cast, except Ever. for yeah, yeah, Doctor Grant was back, and you know, well, except for Hammond. Well, right, because Hammond's dead in the in the you know in the story, I, right? But other than him, everyone else came back, uh, and so it was like the old cast with the new cast, which sounds pretty cool, but. I feel like I've seen it like, yes, dinosaurs chasing you shoot the dinosaurs, raptors eating everybody. Okay. I, 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 standard I fair, standard fair stuff at this point. It's, it's not, it's not the revolution that it was, uh, back in, yeah. back in 93. So, um, anyway, uh, so you said you have a topic, you've got topics, go. I have topics. Yeah. I thought well, you did. I'm technologically impaired. Uh, that's bothering me. Oh, I did want to give a shout out, by the way. We got some, I got some real world feedback. Excellent. Uh, friend of the show, Scott, you know who you are. Uh, hey, Scott, how's it going? Uh, uh, he pointed out that I need to suck less tomorrow than I do today. So we, we outro uh, with your website and my website. Yeah. And I have a redirect set up from Tonkinson.com to Chris.Tonkinson.com because that's how we do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently my TLS cert for Tonkinson.com is busted. So ergo the redirect doesn't work. Uh. And uh, I, had a, I had the privilege of speaking with Scott the other day and um, uh, he goes, oh, by the way, uh, I think you may have to reconfigure your certificate. Um, and sure enough, I looked at it and I went, welp, ain't that a thing? That's a fail. That's You should know better. That's you should definitely know better the than big that. Big old hunk and fail. Big old big fail. Old hunk and fail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the risk. I don't know, man. Technology's for the birds. <laughs> uh so I'm I I finally realized uh if I ever had the opportunity to uh give a commencement speech, I came up with I think part of the intro of of a of the commencement speech. This will probably end up being just a blog post, but um, I, I I had this this uh, realization. So uh, funny enough, uh, actually, inspiration came from another comedian. This is much, this one's much older. Uh, this this guy's name is Myron Cohen. Uh, he was big in the '40s and '50s. So this is this is old old stuff. Um, he has a bit uh, about uh, a dog walking on water. And, you know, he's, he's explained to, to somebody that, you know, his dog can walk on water and here, let me, the other person obviously doesn't believe him. And then he's, you know, oh, let me show you. Right. And the dog immediately walks on water. And then the other person just scoffs at it and goes, well, he probably never learned how to swim. And, you know, hilarity ensues. <laughs> I mean, very, very 1940 style stand up set up punchline kind of thing. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find a clip yeah. of it. I, I haven't ha- not had any success th- yet. But I thought it was really funny in a way and also uh, inspiring in a way because uh, it made me think about all those times that I have heard somebody that I work with or work for say, well, we've never done things that way. Or alternatively, well, that's just always that's just how we've always done things around here. That's just we've always done things that way. And how. Though that phrase and the mindset behind it are simultaneously the biggest source of frustration for me, personal, personally, professionally, in, in any given job. Yeah. And it's also the single biggest opportunity for success 
and personal growth. And I never realized that it was both of those things at the same time. It is the two extremes <laughs> at the same time because being told, oh, well, this is just, we've yeah. never, we've never done things like that around here before. Or this is just always how we've done things. That always drove me from the time I was, I mean, really from the time I came out of college, that one has always been a trigger for me. Um, and it always said to me, okay, well, that it's infuriating because it's a, because it's a non-reason. Yeah. It's, it's not a val. It's there's, it's complete non sequitur. You've been doing it this way forever. Okay. Why? If you can't give me a reason why, then the, then the notion that you do or don't do a thing should be on the table for, should we continue to do or or not do that thing? And, uh, no, I, it's ter- It's, it's just territorial nonsense because it simultaneously is a non-answer to the question of why we do it. And it, it attempts to shut the book on any discussion about reassessing that pattern of behavior. And it's, I think in my mind, one of those two things is, okay, it's like a human flaw. We all do this It blah, blah, blah. Not that interesting, but the combination of both of those packed into such a succinct little contrite bit of idiocy. It's like, it's under, like it is triggering. Yeah. It's well, there's an innocent version of it and there's a malicious version of it. The innocent version is, it's just what we've always done, and we never stop to give any thought to whether or not there should there's mm. a better way to do it. And that's fair. That's, that's fair. That, Tone matters. Like you can, yeah, yeah, yeah you're humans. Right. Humans are naturally habit forming. That is that is what we yeah. do. It's how we keep order in all the chaos around us. And so I don't fault that way of thinking beyond simply you need to stop and you know put your head up. You know, I talk about heads up engineering. It's, it's very much in, in line with that. And then there's the malicious side of it, which is somebody who's just willfully being ignorant because they have either a vested interest in the status quo or you making improvement is somehow a threat to them and their power and authority. And those situations are the ones that are the, um, yeah, I guess I guess that's fair. it can be said innocently where it's just, hey, we haven't reevaluated. Right. And that's that's one. And that could be the start of a great conversation mm-hmm. uh, when it is used defensively. That's when it's a trigger. Yeah, I would take I would take that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So there's so there's in either case, it's not good. It's still an excuse. In either case, it's it's a complete excuse. But the the thing that really jumped out at me as I was, you know, listening to this comedian as I drove in my car was the fact that it is both. It is the two extremes at the same time, because being told that, you know, Oh, this is just how we've always done it. And knowing that there's a better way, knowing that I, you know, I want to you know try and make things better. Cause that's, it's just sort of how I'm wired um, and yeah. not being able to do it because I, I can't change status quo because it's the status quo. Like nothing will get my blood up faster than being told something so utterly ignorant. So just just on just notionally idiotic and yeah. anti-intellectual. Yeah, exactly. So that drives me up absolutely up the wall. And then there at the same time, you can have if, if you're not being stopped and you identify one of these things. Oh, this is just how we've always done it. I mean, mega opportunity for growth and improvement great opportunity for me to hopefully learn some new stuff and, you know, put a new so raise your hand and say, okay, well, can we rethink it? Why is it this, you know, mm-hmm. and I think the right, the right way to, the right way to put it is, is not immediately sounding like you're suggesting an alternative, but simply to say, oh, Hey, 
can you help me understand the context here? So why, okay, it's been that way for five plus years. Mm-hmm. Why did we make it that way in the first place? What problem were we trying to solve there? Uh, and just ask the question. You don't have to, if somebody's going to be defensive about it, you don't have to push them to get to that point. Just asking an innocent follow-up question to understand the situation is going to be enough to get them on their back, uh, on their heels. And then you're going to know that they don't want to play ball. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, and it, yes, but that's also, I think the approach is, is the same no matter whether it's a, um, uh, uh, a friendly or, you know, potentially contentious conversation. You, you still approach it the same way because if you're going to get other people on board with a new way of thinking, you really need to lead that horse to water. You can't, you can't shove the new down their throat. The boss can do that. No, that's, but what, that's, but you, that's what I say about, about starting with the questions and right. seeking to understand in good faith. I'm just, I'm a little sensitive to this one. I, I, it's, it's weird that you bring this up because I'm dealing with one of these this week and it's just, oh. it's just boiling my blood. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we've done, done it this way for over five years. It's never been a problem. I'm here pointing to it as a problem. I'm telling you it is. So, I, mm. well, there's also uh, yes, that that sounds to me. I know that this is a um, okay. So this is an ongoing situation. You probably can't talk in too much detail about it, but um, I do know that uh, if it's you know, oh, this is how we've always done things for the last five years, and it hasn't been a problem. Well, either you haven't seen the the problem. Or you're being willfully ignorant of the problem. Just goes back to what I just said. Uh, but chances are pretty good. I don't believe that it hasn't been a problem for five years. In, in, in the, I mean, that's it's likely been a problem, and he just either hasn't been told, or hasn't noticed, or nobody's told him. Well, and in subsequent conversations with other uh, involved in relevant parties, it turns out, yeah, it has been a problem, and other people. Have- so, like, yeah, it is. It is a problem. It has been a problem. And there have been other, like, there have been compensating efforts. Okay, so you just <laughs> you just cut out, and I know. Uh, so, so folks, he was he was moving around his his house, and I think his internet may have dropped him and picked him back up. So, um, you uh, you cut out there. In this case, I was like, "Hey, this looks weird," and the response was, "Well, we've always done it that way. It's not been a problem." In subsequent exploits. I have come to find out that the reason that that individual thinks it's not a problem is because other people have been working around it successfully. Ah, yep. Yep. So it's like, yeah, it actually has been a problem, but you, to your point, and I, I, I just before I got cut off, I think you made the point, like you're not aware that it's a problem because right. people have been working around it. So like, okay, then let's, you know, can we talk about what that looks like? Yeah. Now is that innocent ignorance or is that willful malicious ignorance? Is that just, well, I'm just going to ignore this problem because it doesn't bother me. And, uh, you know, they can just suck it up and deal, you know, that all that, that kind of crappy mindset. That's, that yeah, would be I'm, the next question for me. Yeah. In, in my head, that's it. I'm, I'm reticent to try to like ascribe, uh, you know, intent and motive and, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, uh, sure. But yeah. You, you hit me, you hit me, you hit me in a raw spot with that today. <laughs> Right. I'm coming in. I didn't know that I was pre-fired up for this discussion. And it's turning out that that is the case. It's troll. <laughs> so, well, I mean, let's, okay. So we'll look at it on the, on, on the positive side of it then, you know, there's, you know, when you hit those walls um, there, you know, if the wall is not going to change and it's, it's not going to change, you know, the status quo is the status quo because it's the status quo. If you start getting that kind of messaging from the team around you, 
I immediately start looking for the exits. I have reached a point in my career where I have seen that enough times to know that that is a huge red flag and I'm just going to GTFO because yeah. that's it, it. Nothing ever good. Nothing good ever comes out of those kinds of situations. Um, yeah, that's that's not getting any better on its own. It, it really isn't. And in fact, it's probably it's usually a uh, it's usually a bellwether for more problems for, for, for worse things. And so that, that to me is always, is always bad, but on the positive side, you know, there is this problem, you've identified it, you're in a position to effectuate the change, which is great, you know, so it's not like you have to sit there and and live with it. And if you're seeing it, chances are very good that lots of other people are seeing it. And apparently you've got some corroboration from at least a couple of individuals, which guarantee, which pretty much guarantees that everybody is seeing it and just nobody yeah. is doing anything about it. And that's the part, that's one of those learned skills that took me a while to figure out. Because if you have the question, chances are very, very good that other people in the room have the same question. And if you're the one asking- You would have to be, you would have to be so many standard deviations above or below the mean norm. intelligence yeah. within your peer group to be the only one with a question. Like right. that is- like just understanding that is almost a, like your borderline superpower when you can fully understand the dynamic in that yeah. and and really start to act uh, and, and have that be an input to to the way that you think about responding to situations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, in my case, it's because I am standard deviations above. And in your case, it's below. I just right, want to clarify uh, in case anybody mm-hmm. missed what I was saying. Yeah, there. we represent two mm-hmm. sides of the. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. We got it. We got it. Sure. Sure. Okay. Right. Te- teacher, te- okay. Yeah. You made your point. So what's your game plan here? Are you, are you going to be, um, are you adjusting? Uh, throw my are you going to be chop into people? a lake and become a woodworker the rest of my life? <laughs> <laughs> that's my, that's my plan at the moment. Uh, it's just, just say to hell with technology and, uh, go be poor for a living. <laughs> um, so it's always, there's, there's always this weird dynamic where, um, uh, to answer your question, uh, what I'm going to do is, is like everyone else has been, I'm going to do my best to work around it in the moment. Um, and then at an appropriate cadence and in an appropriate manner, begin a discussion about like, this is wrong. <laughs> like we gotta, we gotta change this. Right. But it's like, and now's not the time or the place. Like I've got a thing that's moving. It's got to move quickly. It is moving quickly and it's already, uh, I don't want to say stressful, but it's a, no, it is stress. Not not necessarily bad stress, right? Because we understand there's good stresses and bad stresses. It is a, a stressful situation. It's one that moves quickly. Um, and, uh, you know, going nine rounds with somebody in the middle of that process to, is not like, okay, I, I got you. That's the way it is. We'll work with that for now. And then I think as soon as we're on the other side of that time-sensitive situation, hey, can we circle back and deal with this now? Because mm-hmm. – long term we got a problem here that we need you know it's just not a problem we just we got a gap like okay that's the way it's been okay nobody's mad about that i just found out about this it seems weird uh other folks also see it as weird uh so can you help me understand can we have a conversation about revising that moving forward Mm -hmm. right and and if the answer is no then okay well help me understand why that is because one of two things is going to happen either i'm going to keep fighting to make the change because it's the right thing to do or I'm going to get educated 
understand why it is the way it is, and then I'm going to become a champion for doing it that way myself for a good reason, not right. just because we always have. Right? Yeah. Like one of those two things is going to be true. I'm going to either fight people that think it's wrong, or I'm going to fight you to change it. <laughs> right. But I can't. I'm not going to sit here and do nothing about it. I can't. I'm at a point where I, I don't have patience for that. Right. Yeah. You. I mean, you've got a problem, and there's there's either it's either solving it's you're seeing a problem, but it's there because it's solving another problem and you're just not aware of it. Or yeah. it's exactly what we're talking about. It's there because well, which I'm open minded to. Yeah. Which is which why I ask, like, okay, yeah. why is it that way? This is why you start with a question because you, you half the time you're wrong, right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that that's a, um, it, that's not just an essential mindset for for management. I think that's a really, really important mindset going into engineering, especially if you're picking up, um, if you're coming into like a legacy code base. I mean, this is, cla- I mean, this, uh, like oh every engineer. You want to go here? Well, oh, I mean, it's just, I mean, it dovetails. I, I just thought of it. It's not, you're, I, I mean, you're spot on. I mean, it just dovetails so nicely. And it's just such a, it's such an endemic issue. Not invented here syndrome is probably, it's it's the it's it's the uh, it's the equivalent of cancer in our you know in our it's in our field. almost as if almost as if it were intentionally designed into the nature of the work that we do. <laughs> it's almost there on purpose. It is so almost. prevalent and reliable. And that's but that's one thing I will you will never see me step into a new job and then the next day go the last guy that put all this together was an idiot. We never right. burn it all down. He didn't know what he was. Cause guess what? You have no idea the context under, and that was not one. That was not one well thought decision to put the world into place the way it is in that time and place. That was a series. That was a history, a tradition of micro decisions with real world constraints and poor information and not enough time and energy to fix the problems the way we'd like to that accumulated over time into a thing that if you look at it net new, you're like, my God, how could it be this way? Who could have possibly done this? This is unprofessional, borderline unethical, right? That's the mindset. But then what? Then 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 day one, you say this is all crap. And then day two, you're going to make some concession. Because you now have a context and you have real world restrictions and you don't have enough time and money to solve the problem. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so mm-hmm. it's every one of us is leaving for the next guy something that he can choose or girl, uh, something that they can choose to complain about or ask some questions about. And so you will never see me walk in somewhere and just crap on the last guy's work because I have no idea. He may have made, he may have made the Taj Mahal out of a pile of tin cans. Like it, it could have been so much worse, but for his heroic effort, I don't know. Yeah. But it's so easy to come in and just, ah, this is junk and garbage. He didn't know what to burp. burp, burp. Yeah. Uh, or, or this is a line. A lot of it, that, that problem is always, if, if you're, if you're feeling that way, that that's always a you problem. That's never actually, mm-hmm. a, a, it's never actually a them problem. Uh, it, it, it always comes back to, you feeling yeah, get over yourself. Yeah. Un- uncomfortable or uh, in some way insecure about uh, your ability to, to pick up and run with it. Uh, a lot of times it's, it ties back, especially with, with younger engineers, it ties back to familiarity with the code base and the technology yeah. being used. Oh, this is a language. I don't know. This is a platform I've never used. And, uh, Oh, well it obviously must be crap if I don't know it. And that's obviously not the thought process, that's the emotional feeling. And then you, you backfill logic to support this conclusion that you've come to. Uh, so that, that can always be a, 
It's a, it's a nasty habit that we have. That's why I like to look at um, languages and technologies. Yeah. They're just tools in a toolbox. Don't, you know, there is no right or wrong. It's just tools in a toolbox. Um, so anyway. Um, yeah. You're spot on with that, with that analogy. That is, that is exactly analogous. 100%. Yeah. And it's something that we actually deal with all the time. And for the, for the large, uh, you know, for the billions of the trillions of listeners that we have, a, a non-zero percentage of them are looking for jobs at the moment. So you have an opportunity mm. to start on the right foot. Uh, continuing our conversation from last week, we uh, we saw Facebook layoff, Apple froze. Uh, word on the street is Amazon. that Microsoft is in a riff right now, but Amazon dropped ten or eleven thousand people. Like yep. it is, uh, it is, it is really a non-friendly environment at the moment. And what those big boys do, the rest of the industry follows suit. Like it's. It, winds up being dominoes for a whole bunch of reasons but yeah a lot of not, yeah, not a, <laughs> a lot of it's lemming i mean at this point we're dealing with a lot of lemming thinking i'm not sure how much of it is actually necessary or not i read an interesting article that um astro- no, I think, so i think there may be some of sorry before you go on i think go there ahead. may be some of that i I'm not, i don't want to say that you're wrong because i think you may be right and you probably are right in a lot of cases and also i think it is true in a lot of cases that the fiscal and monetary environment led to a lot of people making stupid decisions with their money and then things get real and everybody ha- everybody that acted that way has to pull back at the same time so it, mm-hmm. it, there may be some lemming group think i think you're right in some cases and then in other cases i think lots of investors made the same kind of mistakes because the money was free and now that the spigots turned off they're all going oh crap we got to pull back yeah I, I definitely for sure but i think that there's there is yeah. Yes. And I we're I think we're both on the, yeah, on the, yeah. on the notion. Yeah, that, that's my point. Yep. Yeah. I'm agreeing. Um, I read an interesting article that ascribed a lot of the, uh, cause of this, this backslide to aberrant thinking coming, uh, from the pandemic where we went into the pandemic, everyone went remote. So all of these online services instantly became way more important to everybody's mm-hmm. life which led to huge growth in them. And I mean, this is true. Zoom was a standard. Zoom and Peloton, right? Those Zoom are, and Peloton. Great are, cases. Perfect cases. I mean, they were, they were companies, they were moderately successful companies and they went stratospheric on top of COVID. And other companies like Microsoft and Apple and Amazon, your fangs and, and other, other you know, web-based services oh, companies. fangers. They went... <laughs> I like that. That's good. I'm going to use that. that Mother fangers. It is, it is good because you came up with it like six months ago. I did? I said mother fangers? Yeah, that was, I that did? was you. Yeah. Oh my God. I think Where's so. My head? I'd have to go back in the archive, but I'm pretty sure that came, I'm sure you're the one that came Ugh, up with it. So. I actually said that and I forgot. I'm I'm getting old, man. Um, so anyway, <laughs> these these companies saw this big boom because of COVID, because of pandemic and isolation and things like that. And they- errantly assumed that this was growth that was perpetual. Straight up into the right. This was up into the right. And there was not going to be, this was not going to change. This was always going to stay there. This was the new normal, the new plateau. And there was never going to be a renormalization. And I, you know, hindsight's 2020. I never made a prediction about this one, one way or the other. But if I try and put myself in that position, I'm dubious of that claim, I think. Now, it's again, it's really easy to Monday morning quarterback this one. So I can't say I've made a prediction on this one. So 
I am very much looking in the rear view. But, but if I try and genuinely put myself in that position where I'm running a zoom or a, a, a Microsoft or something like that, and I am, I have this massive increase in my, in my sales and my revenue due to COVID stuff, I think, yes, mm-hmm. let's capitalize on this. But I also, I feel like I don't expect that to stay the same forever because it's a, it's an aberration. Like th- th- this, this is a once in a, a, a this is a hundred year event that is, that is happening yeah, I right think, now. And there were even, I mean, you know, as, as, uh, you know, Zoom and Peloton and and all of those sort of COVID stocks, right? There were, I mean, there were uh, there were index and mutual funds that were built on on the COVID companies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the public valuations soared, and, and as they were up, as they were initially ticking up, there were people saying, "Yeah, they're going to go a heck of a lot higher because of the 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 environment." And then, at some point, we will go back to normal. And everybody's going to short the heck out of these companies. And that's exactly what wound up happening. And um, I don't – so I, I, I guess what I don't – I don't know if there are articles or if there's there's been publicly shared information because as a as a public investor, I say, hey, look, these are going to keep going. But it's always timing, right? It's timing mm-hmm. the market. Yeah, so March of 20 happens and you say, I'm going to invest in Zoom. I'm going to invest in Peloton and all of these. And then at what point do you get back out? Right. Or, or if you're, if you're, uh, if you're super degenerate, at what point do you, do you exit and then short? Um, because I think it, it is reasonable for the price to go up when demand is high. And then it's reasonable for the stock price to come back down after the peak. Um, so I'm not sure to what degree that was like bad management. Oh, no, I'm not talking about the stock price. No, 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 no. You're, you, you went to macroeconomics on me. I'm talking purely about the, the way these companies, Hey, we're seeing all this, this huge demand. We need explosive growth now and forever moving forward. I, you know, I, I need to add 11 to you know 20,000 additional employees. And I know that mm-hmm. that will forever be like, this is a growth bump. And this is well, but a, take Zoom, but take your average, take your average line manager at Zoom, right? Uh, all of a sudden, demand is spiking through the roof. Uh, you're having trouble scaling the system. You've got new security concerns. You've got new use cases. You've got to build features for lots more eyeballs means lots more bugs, right? You've got all of this stuff going on. And somebody comes down and says, hey, sales are up 500% this quarter. There's money. Who do you need to make us a successful business unit? You go out and you hire people, right? Like, no, you, so, and then when that money eventually dries up, yeah, you have to cut back. So like at the, at the, at the individual contributor, line manager, director level within the organizations, I don't like, would I do anything different if all of a sudden demand is skyrocketing and there's free money to hire the team and do the things like, is that irresponsible or is that just sort of like, how it goes. No, I think you're, ca- I think it's okay to capitalize on that, but I think that I, I, I think they overbet on the, on the size and the tail of it. I mean, if you've got additional demand, then you, then you hire for it, but that should be a, um, this is a Jim Collins, good to great thing. So if you've never read that book, I know we've referred it before. It's all, it's listed on the site. That's a, that's a great read. Um, one of the things that he identifies in his analysis of, of super successful companies is very, deliberate growth it's not it's not hyper it's not uh it's it's not bipolar you know amazing today and horrible tomorrow it's a steady as she goes 
cadence that does you know does make movements it does change things but it does not react it does not knee jerk react they they go well the companies the companies that are laying off like this month are amazons and twitters and facebooks and so forth they didn't have explosive hiring when covid set in right that's different than the covid stocks which i've maybe uh, maybe fallaciously been hyper-focused on here in our conversation. Maybe. Those companies have just been hiring forever. For like the last decade, they have been growing steadily. Yeah, but they- and so And so is that is that like hyper-growth overcapitalization in your mind or- I'm saying that, I'm saying that the, the, the COVID pandemic situation gave, the, gave all of these companies a shot of adrenaline and- Rather than recognizing it for the temporary high that it is, they they overcommitted themselves on how long and how far that was going to carry them, how much you needed that yeah. additional weight. Again, this is not stocks, yeah. you know, and, and, and that's why I feel confident talking about this because I know engineering teams. I know managing software and managing products and you experience explosive growth. Great. That means you're doing something right. So figure out what that is. And more of that, but make sure that you do it, make sure you grow in a very deliberate fashion, you know, understand what exactly it is that you need and, and, and fill that. Yeah. I would be curious to know like those, uh, back to the, back to the COVID stocks. I'd be curious to know when, when they began to grow that way in 20, where were they putting the people? Was Mm. it, you know, certainly there was growth in their technology for sure. Uh, but a lot of these companies, um, a lot like of the social networks, yeah. right? A yeah. lot of people don't realize, yeah, there's a lot of, in, there's a lot of folks in it and, and, and programming in those companies, but by headcount, a lot of it's content teams, moderation teams, yeah, it's, it's like fluff. operations center, you yeah. know, it's, well, not fluff. It's just, it's non-technical manual labor. It's work. not core like to a the lot business. of that headcount. It's not core to the business. A lot of that. Well, no, it's not. It it scales with the business, right? I can have a technology team if I have a if I have a solid platform that's built the right way. My platform can handle as many users as the market wants to throw at me. But if at some point I have an operations team that's doing content moderation on Facebook, images and posts that are flagged as harmful, malicious, racist, whatever, that only scales with that that actually scales linearly with the number of customers with the number, using the platform well, with so, the number of customers and also so tomorrow if dr- tomorrow i 10x my user base and activity the technology team if it's built the right way can sit back and say great we can handle 10x the activity the operations team can't because then they get swamped they have to grow with that with that usage yeah. that's why i'm curious when that growth started to happen was it was it back office finance administration legal was it, how much was technology and how much right. well, we can specifically do it. for places like Peloton we can and stuff, pro- like how much was. Yeah. All right. So let's, we can do, it, it, it would be hard to say for absolute certainty, but we can do some ballparking. So is Peloton a public company? Yeah, it is. Okay. So I'm yeah, going to, I'm, I'm pulling up my, I'm pulling up my stock stuff here. If I pull I would, Peloton, I would look, but it'll it'll cut bandwidth. Yeah, no, let, let me, so. let me do it. You're, you're, you're soft and squishy and kind of pathetic right now. So let's, let's just let me, let, let me do it. Um, okay. So I, I've pulled up their stock history here. Let's see. Uh, pretty steady 30 bucks starts to climb almost immediately. They start to climb almost immediately in March, yeah. April, steady climb, 
big spike as people realize what's going on here in October. Their peak is at is in January of 2021. So they from the start they climb by the fall. That's when everyone's like, "Oh, holy crap!" And that's when this things. Is, this is here to stay for a little while. Right. And then, well, th- that's when they think it's here to stay for a little while. And then people in 21 are like, well, I kind of want to just get back to real life. And not everyone's dying anymore because that's when they're, they peaked in January and then it was a drop. It's been steadily dropping and they are, they're back. Ooh, oh, they're down. Back to lower than they were. In they're 19. lower than they were pre pandemic. So December yeah. of December of 2019, they were at like 30 bucks and today they're at 10 bucks. So they have dropped. Yeah. Now, I, I'm again, we can only read so much from this. I, I'm looking more at the curve of the event rather than the individual prices. Yeah. But it's you can see that it went up and it came back down. And that happened over a period of about a little less than two years. Like it, yeah. it's a I mean, it, it is clearly a linear, uh, you know, uh, isolated event. And. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. to bring, to come back to where I was saying, what I was saying was, I mean, if I step back, forget businesses and stocks and employees and stuff like that. Just look at what's going on here. We had this pandemic and it changed things dramatically, temporarily. We were not going to stay in our houses forever. That was never going to happen. And so, yeah, but to cut to the chase, but to cut to the point though, like, okay, so then what do you do? You're a business, your, your demand is going up. You don't have enough people to do the work. You know it's not going to last forever. What do you do? Do you not hire and then fail in the market? Or do you hire, get through the bubble, and then know that you're going to have to lay off on the other side? Or do you, do you go look for temporary Did workers? You re- and how is that any different? Uh, like, I don't... I, I am... A, okay, so I have always believed that uh, a small, a small crack squad is better than throwing bodies. I do not like the throw bodies at a problem solution. And so I actually question the premise of what you're suggesting there of, you know, we have this growth and we have this work that needs to be done. Well, do you really need all those people or could you, you know, do the, you know, work with the team that you've got and do, do better work. I'm sure the people that you have there would be thrilled to, to do their job in, Better I think ways. you're. I think you're. I think you're a little. Uh, you're getting a little pie in the sky. I think you're getting yeah. a little detached from reality. Like it is the case that, like, look at look at Zoom for example, right? So pandemic hits, platform utilization surges. Mm-hmm. There's new demand on the operations team because we don't know whether their platform was able to scale seamlessly. They may have had to do a lot of work to account for all the new traffic, right? But you look at the feature set. Right? There were lots of new individual users and companies needed a solution with a certain set of features, pardon me, needed a solution with a certain set of features to say, oh, well, they should have just hired better people and then they would have been able to do extra work when it came down the pike. That's not like that doesn't strike me as as the best. Um, like like I, I, that's what I'm trying to get tactical here. Like if like if you're if you're a, in Zoom's technology team, there's more work to be done. But mm-hmm. what do you do? You grow the team, right? Is that bad management? No. Knowing that at some point you're going to have to let some of those folks go? That's No, but um hmm. Okay, so let's go with the IT side. This is cuz this is actually this is pretty good. I, I I like this. Um Zoom has increased demand and greater strain on their systems. 
which requires more time and attention. Well, the biggest limiting factor there, the biggest problem is actually the hardware itself. You've got more demand on your systems. Your product, the Zoom meeting product is infinitely replicable. It's just a matter of having enough horsepower under the hood to deliver on all of those various needs. So really where you need to throw the money, and I'm sure they did, was is to throw the money at more equipment. Now, okay, I've got more equipment, more resources, so I need more staff to manage those things. Well, yes, but managing a fleet of service, a fleet of servers, you know, thinking, thinking cattle over pets, if I have, you know, a hundred servers or a thousand servers, I should be managing those pretty much the same way. And I should be, you know, trying to handle them in, in an as you're making Efficient. a classic fallacy, my friend. Houses. A lot of shoulds. The real world, things are not always that cut and dry. They're not that. Show me a company where everything is the way it should be. Show me one no, company no, no, where everything not, is done the that's way it should not, be. No, no. And, and your basic premise beyond that is actually flawed as well because, oh, it's just a matter of hardware. The platform is infinitely scalable. That may not be true. It may be true that, that hardware is directly correlated to utilization. And they should be able to go from 100 to 1,000. And let's say all of that is true. But one of the decisions they made, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the George Foreman grill not having an on and off switch or a temperature control. Right. One of the on off switch or temperature controls, Zoom, and we're, this is all fabricated, right? We don't know what we're talking about here. But just for the sake of example, one of the temperature switches that they may have left off when they built the product was some dependency within their platform that had limitations to throughput, right? There's some single threaded process that is uh, some single threaded sequential process that manages call bridging within the network and up to X growth, it should work fine. Uh, We had to build it that way because it would have taken five times as long to build it the super scalable way. And that wasn't a core piece of value we were delivering to the market when we were at one-tenth of our current utilization. So it's on our roadmap to go back and rebuild that thing. Uh, but we don't have the market demand to to prioritize that right now. All of a sudden, boom, March of 20 happens. Now that now you that it doesn't matter how much hardware you have, everything's running through this legacy single threaded process for bridging conversations. You gotta fix it, right? So it's I don't think yeah, they should be able to scale, but that's a big should. That's a that's a four letter word. So, so should there have, are often real world constraints on scaling these systems. Well, okay, so so should has always been your four letter word, and I know you like to you you jump on those really quickly. Let me so let me clarify that a little bit. So my point is that um, let's because you're right, not everything is perfect. So you've got you've got these systems, and they have to be you you're going from a handful of servers to a whole lot more servers. And it's not all ideal. And some of it is, you know, you don't have nothing right. but cattle. You know, you've got some pets in there too, and maybe more pets than you should have. What I am suggesting, and I'm using this, I'm using this, take this simple example that I'm using to illustrate and then just kind of apply it at the macro level. That's this, that's my thought process here. So mm-hmm. in this situation, I've got this explosive growth. My systems, I, I, I have more of them. I need to manage them better because I have more of them, I can manage them better by adding more people to manage them. That is obviously part of the solution. But another, and I would say bigger, more important, more valuable part is 
doing a better job at that management, regardless of my staff size. So in, in this contrived example, getting rid of the pets, making more cattle, looking at more systems automation, doing, uh, you know, setting up log analysis so that the right things bubble to the top and spending my time on those things and still hiring people to help because obviously the people who are, you know, the most senior, the ones who've been managing those pets over the last couple of years, the ones who really have all that deep ingrained knowledge of how your systems and your infrastructure works, they're the people you want working on this automation and and taking your systems to that next level. They can't do that if they're still managing them. So you do need staff to do that. But the focus is on, you know, taking what we have today and just doing overall a better job and not simply, okay, well, I've got a hundred more servers. So, you know, I'm going to do the math, you know, but it's it's a fallacy of false alternatives. I think your, your, your broader generalization is that you, in your, so I guess what you're coming from is, and and we're trying to, we're trying to extract what the lesson is here. Right. Yeah. And, And that's, that's valuable. And I hope, I hope the, I, I hope that's it's clear the the lesson that we're getting at there, but I think I think what you're suggesting is, um, what you suspect is that a lot of these companies didn't have enough of that discipline, correct, going into the free money environment, and so that is at least partially responsible. They were in for, the, for all of these corrections. Now they went they went into this free money environment like a kid getting his hands on his first credit card. <laughs> And not understanding how monthly interest works, you know, just yeah. kind of like, yeah. oh, I could just buy whatever the hell I want. And, you know, that, well, to and, the point to your uh, your your uh, uh, contact within within Facebook, right? The story yeah. we talked about last week uh, is, is uh, what more do you need than that? Right. Yeah. If, that's, exactly. if that is not if that is not an isolated one off anecdotal account, first of all, I'll eat my hat. Second of all, mm. it lends credence to exactly the point that you're trying to make. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, there's a macro environment, but had these companies been more responsible and managed the resources that they have and the people that they have and the teams that they have better, um, we wouldn't be seeing such a dramatic pullback in headcount. We wouldn't see 30,000 tech employees laid off in the last seven days. Exactly. Yeah, I, think, I think that's totally valid. I think they I, I think they they were they were drinking deep from a well that wasn't that deep. It was, it was more shallow than they thought. Money was exactly money was literally, it's been free for a decade, you know? Right. And And my, and what I am suggesting is, and you don't need, this applies to big companies and small discipline about how you spend that money, discipline about how you grow, discipline about your, about, about your strategic direction, what you do, when you do it, how you do it and what you need to do it. That never changes. In fact, it becomes more important when the money's easy. It's easy to have that kind of discipline when the money's short, when the money's tight, because you have no choice. The hard part is when the money's easy and you need to stay disciplined on that. And in larger companies, that's obviously a taller order because you have more people. And so it's easier for any individual at any level of the organization to fall into this trap and have a ripple effect outward. So it's on us individually and it applies to big companies and small. It's it's just, you know, follow that discipline. And I, you know, recommendation, I I know we've, we've had it before, but you know, good to great. Go read it. Super augmented, silent and deadly. I just might end up enjoying this. All right. We've got a couple minutes left. I'll say it for the millionth. Go ahead. Yeah. I'll say it for the millionth time. Uh, Planning is critical. Plans are worthless. Yes. Correct. 
we got a couple minutes left. I wanted to slightly shift gears because I had some, I, I left a note from, I think it was last week, the week before. You made a comment and I, it has been a, a splinter in my mind ever since. You wow. have, so you've got a, uh, you have a custom keyboard. I, I actually I saw it like a, folks, he has like the most ridiculous custom keyboard I have ever seen. Can you, can you screenshot your keyboard and put it on this episode? Just like add it, add it to the, to the show notes because yeah, we can, we can do that folks. It is insane. So he's got, it's broken into two pieces, which, okay. Everyone's seen split keyboards before, but it is a a program QMK programmable split ortholinear uh, mechanical key. Yeah. Whatever nerd. My point is it's not shaped at all like a keyboard. <laughs> it's broken into two pieces and the keys are in this ridiculous arrangement. And, and every single one of those keys has, it's like a line. Like that's it. There's no, none of them are marked. They're It's completely unmarked. Yeah. Honestly, if you want to talk, you want to talk physical security, that keyboard, he doesn't, you don't need to worry about anyone ever even attempting to access your machine because it is literally impossible to do. They would have to bring a keyboard in to replace this monstrosity. It's ridiculous. So I will, I can, I can take a photo of it. I can post it in the show notes. It is the, it's the Moonlander uh, Mark one from ZSA. I think and if you can tell me, before, um, if, if, if you audience can tell me, where QWERTY is on this keyboard, I will give you a thousand dollars. Well, no, that is actually so. The thing you're pointing out, uh, it's not are, QWERTY. Um, I know there, are, yeah, there are custom keycaps that are just like a dash. Uh, it's you know uh, whatever. Um, they I don't use QWERTY. I use Dvorak. So I I bought the the programmable keyboard. Uh, customize it. I've got like four or five different layers that I can switch between, and I don't use QWERTY. So like having actual markings on the keys well it depends on the layer it's not qwerty anyway like and even dvorak it's not totally standard dvorak you're not even using that's dvorak. what i'm so saying it's not even standard dvorak at that, that point using. it's so bonkers yeah at, at, at that point when zsa and i was thinking about this like man because they give you some of these like line keycaps uh they give them they give you like 10 when you buy it or whatever for some of the function keys and stuff um and i was like <laughs> man i wish i could just because none of some of them were just wrong like the key the keycap was just wrong anyway because it didn't work that way um and so i was like man i I wish i could just blanket the keyboard and ease because they look nice and sharp it's a slick look and then like a year after i bought the keyboard they came out with hey you could just buy 50 of these i was like click 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 Click, (laughs) yeah so anyway that is not the thing that it was actually driving me nuts but when we were talking about this was just an opportunity to make fun of you um, yeah, that's fine. The thing that the thing that I did remember was you talked about how uh, you were due to it was like lubricate or grease the the um, the actuators. The keys, yeah. So um, so I have a um, I just not, bought a new key, right? I, I I'll get there. I'll get there. So I have a um, I have a keyboard from a company named Fanatic. Uh, if you go back to our show, uh, we actually eviscerated them for their uh, customer service and uh, the quality of their mice in an earlier one. Yeah. Um, long story early. short, yeah. I, long story short, it felt great, but it kept breaking. I went through two mice; they broke the exact same way, and they they didn't uh, honor the the warranty. It was really annoying. Um, so I have, but I have a keyboard from them that I really really like, and I and I'd like to keep. Um, and, um, one of the, a couple of the keys were sticky. I got it cleaned, you know, did some, you know, did some cleaning, but you know, 
one feels it still feels a little rough. And you mentioned lubricating the keys. Like how do you, what do you use? Like, how do you go about actually like, you know, cleaning mm-hmm. actuators and, and then lubricating them? What's yeah. that like? So what you got to do is you got to pop and I've, I've not actually done it yet. And I've, I've never, I've never lubed a key before. Are so you I supposed to like, do they tell it. you that you're supposed to do this every year or something like this or your keyboard? I'm talking, you about. don't, it's, it's not a, it's not like an expected maintenance. You're not going to void your warranty by not doing it or anything like that. Okay. Um, it's something that enthusiasts choose to waste a bunch of inordinate. Okay. All right. On. So it's one of those um, kinds of things. Yeah. Okay. So, so for a mechanical keyboard, right? For a mechanical keyboard, uh, you pop the keycap, you pull the the key itself, the switch out of the socket, mm-hmm. um, and then you disassemble the switch. And there are, um, there's a spring. There's there's a couple yeah. of different components inside the switch itself. Um, and there's a certain type of grease, and you can take a Q-tip or a, a toothpick or you know right. whatever you're going to use. Um, and there's uh, I don't know, half a dozen, half a dozen different surfaces, you know, the spring and, and different parts of um, mm-hmm. the, the, the slide housing. Um, there are different surfaces within the key that you apply this grease to. Um, and then you put it all back together again. And it's supposedly, again, I, it's a time consuming process. So what I've, what I've read so far, if you want to do a full keyboard, um, and, it, and you've never done it before, you're going to eat a couple hours. Like it's, oh, I it's imagine. a time consuming yeah, process. It, sound, it sounds um, pretty, it sounds pretty tedious. Yeah. Yeah. It is really tedious, which is, which is the main reason I haven't done it yet. Um, and then apparently I guess, I guess there's a, a slightly, uh, a slightly better quality of sound out of the keys. And the, the main point is that they, they operate uh, more smoothly and consistently. Right. Um, and it'll help with wear a little bit. Now I've never actually had, um, I've never actually had one single key so long that it wore out in that way. Um, so uh, yeah, how necessary is it? You know, that's, but half of what we do is not necessary, right? Yeah, why, well, do, why do I have this keyboard in the first place? Oh right? Cause gosh. I can, you know, it's no, your, your, your keyboard is like the definition of unnecessary. It's, it's crazy. I will, <laughs> I will though, I will take away. Cause I've actually been thinking about switching out the, the switches themselves. Um, but if I, I, I planning at some point on, on taking some time and looping the switches. And if I do that, I will document my journey and I'll, I'll share my, uh, I'll share my findings and my experience with it. Okay. Um, cool. I'm worried though. I have a, a couple of these keys are not standard switches, but because the moon lander on the wings, the thumb clusters, um, are not straight up standard. They have two, they have two um, actuators two like- keys that are, yeah, they're, they're, I think they're standard switches, but the way that they mount and everything is, is different. Um, so yeah. I don't know if those would give me any heartache, but I don't, I don't honestly use what kind of, what kind of switches, lot. what, what kind of switches are they, are they cherries? Or do you have a different brand? They're cherries. They yeah, cherries. did I go? I think I went with. Uh, I think I went with Browns. I Browns. think I went cherry brown with okay. this one. Yeah, uh, I have uh, cherry uh, silent reds. Are my are silent my? Red. I, I love the silent yeah. reds. They feel great and they're they're not super loud, um, which yeah. is really important. If I'm because I, I like actually, to take notes during meetings. So yeah, yeah, that's I, I'm on I'm on meetings all the time. I would actually uh, I like the feel. Of mm-hmm. the clickier keys, of the clickier switches, I don't, I don't actually enjoy the sound. I don't, I don't find the ah. sound pleasurable. Um, so that's my, that's my okay. sounds are a pretty decent balance point. I, but if you're, if you're speaking highly of the silent reds, I, like I said, I, I think about switching, uh, changing up the switches anyway. I've never played with the kales either. I hear a lot of people like those, but 
So yeah. uh, mechanical, I ordered a potential replacement keyboard uh, from uh, mechanicalkeyboards.com and they sell a, uh, I forget what they call it, but it's basically just a, it's, it's a mini keycap sample of all the various mm-hmm. actuators. And it's not an actual keyboard. It's just a, a prefab, usually in a, in a square shape. Board with, with like one key with, with each one of, type of each switch. type of switch activator so you can hear and feel them and it's a way for you to sample them and mm-hmm. i think i'm going to get one just because it's the most ridiculous you- nerdy thing that i could put on my desk i think <laughs> okay so so slack me the link i'll actually put that in the show notes i okay. would be interested in that depending on what keys that what switches are on it i might buy one of those they have they actually have a couple different ones uh they have a mega okay. they have a mega one that's 50 bucks or something and it has every keycap that they that they have keyboards for oh yeah so you can look at yeah. every single one <laughs> Um, but that's a great site too, to go for if you, cause a lot of people like to custom build their own stuff and, and mm-hmm. you can actually buy parts from them and, and, yeah. and build it yourself. Um, I, yeah, mechanical keyboards.com is a treasure. Tro- I think, I think it is. those who know, know, yeah. uh, but it's, that's a treasure. Tro- it's a, yeah. Into that kind of stuff. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty deep waters. You can wade into it. Okay. So I got the, um, I, I did mention, so I bought a replacement keyboard for this. I ended up getting my fanatic to work, be- work again. And so I think I'm going to keep it. Um, but uh, I would have kept the one I got if they hadn't made like the dumbest design decision I've ever seen. So um, I got, I have the Ducky one three, which is the, this is like Xbox level naming scheme here. Um, so it's a company out of Taiwan. Ducky's a, a keyboard company out of Taiwan. They, it's really well constructed. It's very heavy. Very solid. I was able to get the silent reds the way I want them. The keys feel good. Like all of that's great. It has backlighting. You just plug it in. It's got a, you know, it just, you know, softly changes tones and, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's perfect. It's, it's nice. Okay. All sounds good. They ship this thing with completely opaque keycaps. So you get the glow underneath the keys but if you're actually in oh. the dark, the glow obscures. Yeah. Now, I mean, for touch typing, I get it. You're not looking at the keys. That's that's fine. But if you're in the dark, okay, and you don't have, you know, you want, yeah, I think that's you need called, at least a uh, point of reference. Shot. You need a point of reference yeah, to I put think, your hand back on. <laughs> I think I think those are called double shot caps, where they actually have, and that's the the caps that I have on the Moonlander are, are double shot. So there's actually clear plastic uh, that's in the mold with the, with, with the rest of the opaque key. So if your letters, you see, Oh, that's what double lit, shot. In my means. Case, the double shot means that it's I got believe a, okay. I saw that term it's, that it's actually poured with a clear plastic and an opaque plastic so that you see the light uh-huh. of the act, what's actually written on the cap. I believe that's true. I'll double check myself, but I think that's, uh, that's the term for it. Yeah. Okay. So they're so, not they're so they're not double shot caps. They're then. they're completely opaque caps and yeah, and so then you get this backlight. It's very nice. It's not bad, but the key caps themselves yeah. are completely opaque. So anyway, yeah. I, I yeah. so that that, that so are you going to buy more are you going to buy new caps or just send the whole thing back or? I that's kind of where I got hung up. I wonder if I should just keep it and buy new caps, but then I'm like I don't need I don't think I need to go tumbling down that rabbit hole. It's just I, yeah. 
maybe, maybe. I don't know. It feels really good. I wouldn't mind keeping it around, but I got to say, they don't make this Fanatic model anymore. This is a full size with the numpad. And uh, I just like that the, the keys are completely elevated. They're not recessed in, so it's easy to clean. It's just, I think I'm just going to keep this one. We'll see. Well, if you want to tell uh, if you want to tell Frank whether or not he should send back his ducky duck to Taiwan, or if you want to opine on how Zoom did everything wrong two years ago, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can do that by sending an email to feedback at refactor dot work, uh, or send us a, a voice recording. Take a voice recording, email that file to us. We'd be happy to play it on the show. Uh, you can find all of our episodes, show notes, archives, book recommendations, which we've got one of today. Uh, they're on the website as well at refactor.work. Uh, you can find me online at chris.tonkinson.com. Until he gets until his I redirect fix my, fixed. Uh, redirection. Okay? <laughs> uh, and I'm, I may suck a little less tomorrow than I do today. And you can find Frank online at hotcoles, K-O-E-H-L-S.com. This has been episode 88, recorded November 18th, 2022. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. You too, buddy. See ya. <laughs>